1: So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
2: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So... The only thing left to say is you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via Apple participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and time supply. See you at McDonald's.com. <laughs>
0: OK, take two for those that uh, were in a few moments ago. Final score at the New Den, Millwall nil, Bristol City 1. 94th minute goal from uh, Matty James, gave City all the points. Uh, joining me this evening are uh, Ian and uh, Mark. Uh, guys, um, your comments, brief overview of the game to begin with. You first, Ian.
3: There's no such thing as a bad three points, and that wasn't. We improved as the game wore on because we decided to play to our strength and pass the ball on the floor and put the ball down the channels where we can be competitive against teams with a giant defence. We didn't do that as much in the first half, although we should have done better on a couple of occasions when Naki Wells could have played Sam Berlin and won vice versa. Uh, I thought we were... The better team throughout, we had more of the ball, uh, but a little worryingly, um, I don't think we dominated possession quite as much as we should. We only had one shot on target in 90 minutes. Mind you, they only had two, but we had one shot on target and that was Matty James cracking, winning goal.
0: Yeah. What did you think, Mark? Uh, You you only saw part of the game today, but you saw probably the best bit because it was a very quiet opening 45.
4: Yeah, I think uh, uh, City had, you know, despite a lack of quality in the final third, it was the one shot on target that that counted with City. And it was their total desire to go for a win when they could have easily have uh, closed up shop and and got got an easy point. That shone through. City. City team was still finding his feet with a, with a few uh, new signings, but they kept going forward and knocking on the door to finally create that that chance in the 94th uh, of 95 minutes to get a fantastic win against a team that only missed out on a playoff place on the final day when three went up against uh, Blackburn. So a fantastic result. Four points from the first two games. Uh, you know. It's a, you know going to be a long season, but that's quite a promising start. But we can still play a lot better.
0: Yeah, I mean you're absolutely right there, Mark. Because if we'd have won on the opening day and got a point today, it's a good season. And as we say, they say in politics, seven days is a long time in politics, long time in football as well, because it's a very uh, upbeat mood about the place. Um, looking at the uh, starting lineup, Ian, it sort of uh, picked itself. Because two of last week's starters were ruled out through injury. That was Viman and Conway, but. Uh, Uh, Sykes coming in for Cornick that makes sense in your book
3: yeah it did I I think the way Nigel Pearson sees it it's a bit of a toss-up for who starts on that side and I think Cornick can play down the middle but once again Alan naki he's not a nine um because of his work rate I think Pearson prefers Sam Bell on the left um to Anis Mometti, but I thought Anis did well when he came on. Um, so, but it's it's good to have strength on the bench. And I mean, Cal Naismith made a difference when he came on in midfield with his height and his left foot. So if, if the sooner we can get Cal Naismith back in the team, the better, but in midfield, not in the back four.
0: Yeah, you've always said a bit of a liability there. Um it was uh, a very quiet first half. I've only got one uh, incident there, and I'll stick with you on that one, uh, Ian. Um Sam Bell going through. Uh, City had been applying a reasonable amount of pressure, but without real, well, without testing the goalkeeper. Full stop. But uh, McNamara, who I thought was very sloppy for them at times, but it looked a blatant push in the back. And uh, Keith Stroud, uh, the referee, who we know very well, he wasn't impressed. Uh, but you know, was it the right decision not to give it?
3: No, it was the wrong decision. Uh, And it was absolutely right. He had an absolutely clear view of it. It wasn't like it was one of these where there's a bit of a melee in the box and something happens and you haven't got VAR. So you can't blame the officials for not seeing it. It was as as clear as a nose on your face. Sam Bell's made a run inside him. Matt McNamara's come across and shoulder charged him in the back. Uh, Now, whether it was a penalty I don't know because I couldn't tell you and you couldn't see from the camera angles presented exactly where Sam was. He could have been just outside. He could have been on the line, which is a penalty, or he could have been just inside. Uh, but I would I would say let down by the referee who had the best view of all. And obviously uh, the linesman, because don't forget, a linesman can give a penalty and you don't need the referee to give the penalty. He just stands there, puts his flag across his chest. If he thinks it's a penalty mm. communicates with the referee on the old walkie talkie thing, they got stuffed up their arm and, um, then it then it then it gets given. Yeah. So, um, poor refereeing. I put that down yeah. too. Sam didn't well, die. <clears throat> Some of our players went down a little bit too, too easy today for me. Um, And uh, yeah, we went well. I
0: think we know this season, just based on the two matches that we've had, that referees are going to get a lot more, let a lot more go. And there's a lot more Mm. robust tackles going in there, which I think makes the game better for it. Mark, you're nodding your head with that. You know, the game, you know, it's not, you know, you can actually have a bit of physicality in a game, it seems, this season, doesn't it?
4: Yeah, and he, he does seem, to, you know, he did seem to let a lot go. But I mean, if that's consistent, then that's fine. I mean, there was a foul. I think there was a print got got a booking uh, in the second half, and then there was a booking at the other end for a, a full throated challenge on Cornick. Really, when it was it was fifty-fifty. It was fifty-fifty. But as long as it's applied consistently, then that's absolutely fine. Uh, it, you know, and, and the game the game's better for it. That's what we want from referees cons- yeah. consistency and decision making, yeah. not, uh, you know, supporting one team or the other. Because they use, you'd think, you know, with a hostile crowd and Millwall, the- <laughs> it's quite a hostile place to go, that referees could be easily influenced by the home fans, couldn't yeah. they?
0: And the home fan, I mean, I think there was a tackle that, uh, I think, was it Pring did on one of their uh, players and it sort of raised the home crowd, but. Yeah. yeah, And it was a special day for them because they were celebrating the life of their sadly uh, departed chairman. But mm. we we shut them, other than that, which brought a book in for, uh, I can't remember, was it Pring that went in, sent them yeah. by flying? But, yeah. you know, we kept them quiet and there was 19,000 in there today, which is a decent number. I think they probably had three or four thousand more than normally get. Although, as Ian said earlier, I think we took about thirteen hundred. Ian, you said the substitutions, uh, when we were talking beforehand, the substitutions with half an hour to go were critical. We'd silenced the crowd by then and we bought three fresh pairs of legs on. They added value in two key parts of the field, didn't they, up front and
3: in the middle? Mm. Yeah, they did. I mean, I thought all the substitutes. I really liked the lad, Eze, I think, that uh, Millwall brought on. He looked to. Really good player. And if they'd have had him on from the start, who knows? Because I strangely enough, for a Millwall team, I thought they lacked physical presence up front. They had plenty of it at the back. Um, but they I think they lacked it up front and they struggled to hold on to the ball as well because Nesbitt, who they signed from Hibs, isn't isn't a physical presence. He's the guy that plays next to the nine, more of a Bob Taylor than a Robbie Turner, if you will, if you're City mm. fans. Um so yeah, I mean. Harry Cornick has got this long throw. I don't think it's a great long throw. It's not one of those real whippy, fast, flat things like a Rory Delap, but it's good enough to get it in there. Who the ball came off when it dropped down to uh, Matty James, is your guess is as good as mine.
0: But Well, if, if you're it, generous, you're going to say it's off Dickie's head, aren't you? But it seems as if yeah, it hit one of their glutes on the shoulder.
3: On Dickie's head. It came off either Dicky's head or one of three or four defenders. Or to it was Murray
4: Wallace. Yeah, Murray Wallace was wearing a uh, was wearing a bandage, but it looked like it just brushed across. You know, the ball came in. Yeah, at it an certainly angle and wouldn't
3: brush the top, did not it? Yeah, let's not get excited and say it was a, a brilliant and deliberate knockdown because it certainly wasn't. But it broke no. to Matty James, and he, as they say, only in football, he finished with a plum. You know, <laughs> Zlatan would have been really pleased pleased with that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, cracked it in the corner. Our only shot on target in 90 minutes. And yeah. we'll take the three points. Thanks very much.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we sort of jump forward to the goal. So we've done that just before the goal, just before the goal or a few minutes before. It was really their only chance when uh, Brian put uh, Eze in the clear and Viner was doing his nut, thinking it wasn't a foul. I think he did touch the player. Sabble with, uh, with the free kick. Um that Mark was quite critical that when Max spilled it that it was Cornick down that end of the field yeah who got in with a block didn't he
4: yeah he got he he and Roberts to some extent got in front of McNamara who were coming in at a far post but he got a great block, in, block on it block tackle and it uh, just went straight up into Max's hands and we were able to we were able to clear easily and really we weren't in any trouble I think what was quite apparent in that game was how isolated isolated Nisbet and Fleming were for them. Didn't Mm -hmm. get much ball at all. You think that they would be better supported. I mean, you you expect Millwall to be direct, don't you? Yeah, and that was I was a little bit surprised at Brian going there because I thought you know coming from Fulham background and you know to some extent from us he, he's a bit more of a ball player and they look to get the ball get balls in early, mm. but you know they we, we snuffed them out quite easily. Yeah, I mean I think we, we I went into this game a little bit concerned because they beat Middlesbrough away one nil, which is quite a scarp on the opening game of the season. And we'd only got we'd only got a draw after being outplayed. You think that if we'd have conceded an early goal in a game like that, maybe we'd have been broken easily. But I think it's it showed you how we developed as a, 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 a we are a very disciplined side who are hard to beat. Yeah. We don't show a fantastic amount of flair. We do try and play football without doing much uh, in the, in the final third. But, you know, we are going in the right direction. We just Definitely. need we need better put passing in that final third. I mean, we really need somebody to put the ball in the net. That's the problem we got at the moment, I think. Is.
0: Um, um Ian,
1: <laughs> Joe
0: Bryan, I wasn't in favour of him coming back. I thought, before the match, I thought, he's going to do a Joe Bryan in something that matters. He's going to score against us. I thought he put in a sort of performance that was, was adequate, um, but you know, he didn't see him on his toes on an extra special day against a club that he played in for most of his career. What what was your opinion of his performance today? I don't think we I don't think we missed him. And you could say, well, we got Roberts instead of Joe Bryan. I'd sooner have a young Roberts than a turn thirty Joe Bryan, wouldn't you, based on what we've seen so far?
3: Yeah, I mean, Joe didn't look as good as when he played for us at times. Now it could have been that he he just i mean he didn't play midweek so tiredness isn't he, an excuse um but hey I mean that that's i don't I don't think I wouldn't have looked at Joe and think wow I, I really wish we'd we'd signed him but he could say well yeah but fair enough I weren't play him for a very good team um so you you can have it all sorts of ways I mean I think um brian is is how will I put it? He's, I think he's passed his best, to be honest, because Joe had a lot of pace. I think he's still a good footballer and I think he's still a decent defender. Um, but of the three, I'd rather have Roberts and Cam Pring than have Joe back. And that's, yeah. that surprised it. I'd say that, but I am actually, yeah. you know, I, it, I, I, I am actually being totally honest there. Yeah. Mark, um, Pring didn't have his
0: best game against Preston. Um, He was rested in midweek. Roberts came in. Um, What did you... What what do you think of uh, Cam today? He's not done too many of those bursts through where he cuts inside. And of the the team at the moment, you would say that he's... Would you say he's the one that needs to be looking over his shoulder, uh, who's competing with him for a place, or not really? I mean, Roberts came on. He did some good stuff. He gave the ball away a couple of times as well. But... uh, is that a position that's still up for grabs at the moment? Because Cam, for me, isn't quite at the level he finished last season on just yet.
4: No, I, I, I think I think you're right. And and it's great to have competition in every area. I think we're a bit unfortunate at Ross McCrory because then he could be, you know, he should be really pushing uh, George Tanner for a place right now. And uh, I think it's um, Knight Lebel that uh, sorry, Harry Leeson probably used the only a uh, natural player to to fill to fill the right back role if if Tanner's injured um so yeah i think i think um, pring needs to be on his toes i think he he was adequate very good in defence not so great going forward. i think he, you know teams teams have read that that move inside players you know now now tend to come ac- drift across and block and block that route uh, that he tried, he tried last season where if, where he can't go outside, he comes inside. So I think, yeah, he needs he needs to to try and push on a bit and and be the the, the direct player. Reminds reminded me, you know, when he burst on the scene, a bit like Mark Little, he just used to he used to push the ball inside defenders. He wouldn't always look to go outside. He'd try and go through through full yeah. backs rather than round them. Uh, before getting the ball over. But with somebody, Roberts had a bit more of an intelligent player and his delivery today shows what we can be missing. That Playing that ball, uh, you know, round defenders and and it was only Murray Wallace's header at the far post that stopped James and Cornick, I think, from getting on the end of that, right near the end of the game. So, yeah, he's got to watch his back.
0: Yeah, Richard, definitely. Uh, uh, Ian, it was good that uh, Ephraim Yeboah... Uh, he came on in the middle of the week uh, and he was in the matchday squad today and he got, well, a good 10 minutes. I mean, we didn't have much extra time today. Ours was the second shortest game in the FL last week, I heard them say today. And I would say that today it was probably going to be in one of the shorter games. But good to see boa come on, even if his first touch was pretty wayward the very first time he touched the ball. Commentator's nightmare. <laughs> the way he phrased it in.
3: Well, he's... I mean, the kid's 17 years old, so mm. um, and he's he's playing top level professional men's football. So that tells you what Nigel Pearson and the coaching team think of him. He's quick. He looks strong. Um, and I, I I look at a lad like that and I think, blimey, he ain't bad now. What's he going to be like in two years' time when he's 19, yeah. or possibly three when he's 20? I mean, Scotty, 19, just just moved on for. 20 stroke 25 million depending on which article you read so um yeah I, I i liked him i as i said i thought all of our substitutes did well and it's great to have that quality on the bench and, and you know players like let's be honest players like Naismith and roberts um even Mimetti possibly are are pushing for starts
0: yeah they are they are. Well, this changed the subject moving away from the game, which we're all pleased with it. I think based on two games, the league table doesn't really mean much, but I think we're in ninth position when I last looked. Uh, a whole clutch of clubs on uh, uh, four points from the opening two games, which they say, you've got to be happy. you got to be happy with that. Um, this week saw the departure of uh, Alex Scott to Bournemouth. Um, Ian, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether it's 25 plus extra or 20 plus five, you know. I mean, do you think, in your view, do you think we've got a sell-on clause in there as well?
3: Oh, I'm absolutely 100% certain we have.
0: And that's on top of the add-ons, yes?
3: Yes, definitely.
0: Okay. Do you think think we structured the deal in a manner that was good for us in the sense that we've got as much money up front as possible – but also took account of the fact that Scott's injury is worse than feared. And we maybe have done it in a deferred payments type, you know, do do you think Scott's injury influenced the feel, the structure of it in any way?
3: No, Steve, Steve Lansdowne wouldn't allow a lax payment structure. It's just, I I asked him um, a direct question, I had a chance to talk to him at the dinner we were at where he spoke I had a chance to talk to him for about 10 minutes. Uh, and I said to him, on on transfer fees, what do you try and do? I mean, you do you break it down over a number of years? And he said, Well, what we always trying to do is get the most possible amount of money up front, which makes a lot of sense. And when we're buying somebody, we try unless it's gonna bring the fee down a lot, we try to pay the least amount possible amount of money up front, which it, it makes perfect sense to me. Um, so I, I'm really, you know, we we cannot turn down that kind of money, whether it's 20 plus five or 25 plus five, we can't turn down that amount of money with the club. It doesn't matter what Steve Lansdowne's got, because I read an interesting, something interesting that somebody had done an analysis of the wealth of teams in the championship. And Steve Lansdowne is only the fifth.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I saw that same table. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, but if Steve Lansdowne could be worth 100 billion, it's still, he still can't pump any more than he's allowed to under financial fair play into the club. And they have to do all kinds of things uh, around payment structures and players out and players in. So the fact that we're, spending some money and Nigel Pearson never said we won't be spending any money if Scotty goes all he said is there won't be a spending spree which there but he also
0: be. said that the wages are gonna have an impact on it the wage budget
3: yeah yes but that's 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 true but when as you'll know David when you've got a business if your income suddenly goes up and bearing in mind the money will go straight into the P&L it doesn't matter how if it's paid over one year two years or ten years that 20 million goes straight into the P&L yeah so you've got that amount of money you, well you haven't got the cash that's the important thing for people to get their head around the other thing they get their head around in, in our last set of accounts we were almost 100 million pounds in debt now the Vast majority of it is to Steve, but I can imagine him sitting there and thinking, "Oh, I'm getting a bit fed up with bailing this lot out all the time." You know, when's it, when's it going to get He could better? pair
0: some, he could pair some of the debt back. Okay, let's not del- delve too much into the accounts. I mean, Mark, I, 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 I felt you know with Scott, there was a degree of inevitability about it. Uh, as somebody put, you know, Jason Knight scored as many goals on Wednesday night as Scott did the whole of last season. You know, I think he was a great asset. Somebody was saying one of the greatest players a club's ever had. Well, it may be if he goes on and gets 40 caps for England or something like that. But if you talk about great City players, you know, you're in the likes of Jerry Gow, et cetera, et cetera, like that. I mean, are you, are you, are you thinking now, right, what are we going to do with the Scott money? Because as I put a tweet out about an hour ago, how we spend that money... And where we spend that money will determine whether we're going to mount a playoff challenge or not this year, won't it? Would you agree with that, Mark?
4: Yeah, but I think from the video that you directed me to with the Guernsey Press, we're we're, we're aiming to to invest in new players. It very and, and you know it, it, we're aiming to buy low. So we'll only we'll only spend a few a handful of a million. I think we made we submitted a bit a bid of one million for George Thomason of, uh, of Bolton, according to the Bristol Post that uh, was out this lunchtime. Is this so the one? With buy...
0: a, is this the one with a wand
4: of a left foot? As you call it? Yeah, he's a box to box player. He missed four months of last season after having a knee suffering a knee injury against Rovers in December. Came back for the Football League Trophy final win against Plymouth when they won four 0 in April. So he only he only made about twenty appearances. It's his third that it's his third season in professional football. Uh started off at Blackpool, five foot ten, twenty two years old, and uh, he's only scored a couple of goals. So you think he would be one for the future, but we, we he's not. I mean, if you're going to get players, they've got to go straight in. But and they've got to go straight
0: in, Mark. They've got to go yeah. straight in. They can't be better say. than what
4: you've got because got that's be impossible. Be,
0: they've got to be better than what... They they have to be better than what we've got. Because if you look at the midfield, even yeah. e, even a midfield without Scott and you look at who's injured at the moment, but you've got a choice. You know, you can have a midfield three of Williams, James and Knight, Yeah. Yeah. If you throw Vyman in there as an attacking midfielder as well, you've got Andy King who's in the squad as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got you've got bodies there. So it's got to be somebody that comes in. It's got to be somebody that comes in. I mean, Ian said earlier, you know, if Naismith is fit, he comes in for
4: Williams, right? So if yeah. this Tom, I mean, if this Thomas. Na- yeah, if there's yeah, Thomas. Nay if you've got to worry about because he missed he missed over 20 games last season. So, I mean, you, you can't of be course. sentimental. You've got to worry about his fitness. So you need, I think he, uh, Thomason's more of a defensive technical player who can score goals, obviously he hasn't, uh who's an energetic box-to-box, box-to-box player. Then you think of somebody like Josh Josh Brownhill. So, really, you need somebody who's going to add physical presence to midfield, who's going to win that ball. You know, he's got youth on his his side, but he needs to come in and and, and be able to be pitched straight in. The other thing,
0: all the players that have been linked with us this week since Scott went, Mm. the midfield players, none of them, and Ian, correct me if I'm wrong here, none of them, you would say, are going to provide the goals from midfield that the manager has said was lacking last season. Nigel said that himself, so... You know, what are we... It's, should we really be looking at buying a player that's going to cost a couple of million quid, not 750,000? Well... Well, um, I mean... In, in, you, you action, me Ian, asked, let me Cole. put that one to Ian, and I'll come back to you as Yeah, well. go for it. Go on, Ian.
3: Well, if you remember, when we signed Josh Brownhill, we signed him from Preston, uh, and he'd been on loan from Preston to Barnsley, and that's where Lee Johnson saw him. Correct. Right? We got him for nothing... He didn't turn out to be too bad, did he? So, and we sold him for 8 million quid to Burnley. Mm. So uh, I don't think we can be dismissive about players like Thomason and the other one we've been linked with is Brannigan. And Max but, Bird is the other one. Yeah, well, Max Bird is a funny one because he was supposed to be on his way to Hull, but another club have come in. Now, people are putting two and two together, and they might be coming up with seven because we've got yeah. the Alex Scott money as they see it. Um, but the, the Brannigan one won't go away. There'll be a decision on Thomason within the next 48 hours. That's from the Bolton end. Um, I'd be surprised he signed if...
4: a new deal, didn't he, until uh, 2025? So he brought Bolton a got that. They, they can play oh, their oh, hand. Yeah,
3: money, m- yeah. Money's involved, but it's difficult to hang on to a player when somebody from mm. a higher division wants him, as we found out with Alex Scott. It's just a question of how much we're prepared to pay and how much they're prepared to take. The second... Uh, thing is, Brannigan is a different player. He's five years older than Thomason. Um, He can play holding, he can play a a central midfield uh, in the same way that James and Williams do, but he's six foot tall. He really likes a tackle. Uh, He scores goals. He got 12 goals last season, but he also picked up 11 yellows. So um, I, I, I haven't got a problem with either one of them, and I try not to judge players until I see them in a City shirt. But if Thomason... mean, um, when Thomason came on today, he came on, I mean, Bolton won 3-0 at Cheltenham, and he came on for the, um, for the last 10 minutes, and he replaced the holding midfielder. So he probably came on to play there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd have no problem with adding those. Pearson's said in an interview with, with Bristol Live that he... he would like another goalkeeper and experience one in if we can do the right deal. Uh, my understanding is we will bring in a different type of striker to replace Tommy Conway than what we've got now. So somebody that can hold the ball up and they're quite big. Um, so if we do that, I th- also think we're really short at centre back. And one thing that does concern me is Zach Viner's contract situation, because in about, Four months' time, where are we now? September. You can sign a pre-contract for a foreign club, is what you're saying, yeah. Exactly right. So we need to get that situation sorted well, out. And because... the other
0: thing as well, Ian, the other thing as well, talking about, and I say I'll ask Mark the same question, but the other thing as well, you know, somebody could come in for Zach Viner now because he's played he's done two man of the match performances for us. Yeah. On that yeah, side. And,
3: well, they could anytime before September. The first 11 p.m. And and that's and what would you do if somebody did pitch up with serious money and Zach said, did a bit of Harry Kane and said, look, I'm not going to sign a new contract. I'm off. You've got a choice of taking what you're offered. So let's say that was, I don't know, let's say three million pounds. You take three million or, you know, in a year's time, he's going to be gone. So. But equally,
0: in he, you give him a better contract because you look at the cost of giving him something that he can't turn down, and you keep him, which is cheaper than having to buy a player on the yeah. wages that Zach would probably want anyway.
3: Yeah, but we've offered him a new contract on better terms, and he's turned it down. Yeah, so, but
0: how much better? Because it's like anybody. I don't know, Dave, but no. I mean... But if you've got somebody, if you've got somebody who's a, a, in again in business, if you've got somebody in business who's on. 50 grand because they've been with you for a long time, and you offer them 60 because you think, Well, I've given them 20% increase. But you know that if you have to go outside and replace that person to get to replace the embedded knowledge with capability and everything like that, you're going to have to pay them 70. Why not give him the 70 grand? Because at least you know what he's capable of. Let me ask Mark your view on that. Do you think we should be making an improved offer to Zach Viner now?
4: Based on his performances, yes, because I think he's our best player at the moment. Um, you know, uh, uh, Beckham esque in the way that you know he defends. Some good way, balls uh, out of like, defense today as well. Yeah, bring the, the balls down or, you know that he, he just yeah. he, he just you know he, he's 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 very he's very robust and his 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 game has just improved yeah. fantastically over the last season. But he's he is an asset as well. So. Yeah. I don't think he could play in a Premier League, but if a club like Leicester City or somebody with who have got some money, got some parachute payments came in, they could they, you know, they could nick him from us and he quite was easily. Linked, he was
0: linked with Brentford. Um, Mark, and I'll come back to Ian on this as well. Ian said we need something different up front. We sort of had that something different up front in Seb Palmer Holden, who's a youngster who got on the score sheet at uh, for Newport uh, today. We know Nigel doesn't like loans and whoever comes in when said player, i.e. Conway, is back from injury. Conway is our first pick striker when he's fit and on form. Could Nigel go into the loan market for somebody like Cameron Archer, right, until January, right, and take a loan till January to offer better than what we've got, might cost a bit but only committing to the end of January. And then if we're in the playoffs or something like that come January, we can extend it to the end of the season or something like that. So go out and get a player that is in this added value. You know, they're markedly better than what we got. What do you think about that?
4: I think, well, it's something like Cameron Archer. Cameron Archer, I think, is way out of our range I think he was he was interested. In, uh, um, there was interest from Sheffield United. He signed a new five-year deal. I think that Sheffield. I think that Avila would have to make a substantial contribution to his to his wages uh, for for us to, to go in there. And I think we want more. If Nigel is is, is, is doesn't like loans, he certainly wouldn't uh, take a loan to January. He want more certainty than that. He want a player to the end of the season. So I I can't see that happening. But if we want to make an impact. We need to get a striker in this transfer window. I think it it would more likely to be a loan player from a Premier League club. I don't know what's available. uh, You know, an an academy product. You know, somebody like a Tammy Abraham type player, where we could perhaps afford to pay. If if the the loaning club paid a proportion of his wages, Uh, I think that's our only option. Because I well, don't think there's anybody who, who can be shopping lower down who's going to be good enough. I don't think we'll bring anybody from abroad. So I think that's the only option. But with Tommy out, if we want to make an impact and do a Luton, uh, as uh, as um, Steve keeps talking about, because of that Tommy injury and the Vyman injury, we've got to get somebody somebody in this window. Well, I mean, could be back
0: next. Vyman could be back next week, and I think – Weiman, you yeah, know, he'll be gone by this time next year. Ian- well, I
4: think you, know, you 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 shouldn't, you know, if you look at Vyman, you shouldn't be looking at him as an attacking midfield player. With with um, with Conway, I you know, play him as a play him in a number of, uh, play him in the, down down the centre again, yeah. where he's most effective, where he got his goals two yeah. seasons ago. He's just played play on the right hand side in an attacking midfield role. He's just can. Com- He's just wasted and he takes something away uh, from the game rather than making a contribution.
0: Ian, your uh, your take on what we should do up front. Nigel doesn't like loans, but there's a case maybe for doing one right now to get something better than what we've got up front, yeah?
3: Well, something different, to be honest. I mean, you probably won't get a better player than Naki, but you will get a bigger, stronger player. And what we've lacked... Particularly in the first half today, not so much the second, what we've lacked is physique. We haven't lacked fitness, we're as fit as anybody. We weren't we didn't lack fitness against Preston, but what we did, we got sucked into playing their game, balls in the air, and we lacked physical strength. In the same way that Naki Wells, I mean, if you if it was if you decided you were gonna have a a boxing matches, you wouldn't stick him in a in a ring with Colin Cooper. Their centre half, would you? No. Now, it, it, that's just sense. Um, so if we're gonna play more football, more on the floor, get it into feet and all that good stuff, um, then you're okay with smaller forwards. But well, you're
0: okay with what you we're we're okay
3: with what we got. Well, you are you are, but remember that Conway's might not, you know, the way our injuries our injuries go. Conway might not be the last forward no, to get But an we've injury, got so... at
0: the moment, Ian, sorry, at the moment, you know, we got if we're playing three up front, we got a choice of Sykes, Wells, and Bell, or Cornick, Mametti and um Yeboah, even. Yeah, if he's good enough well, to
3: Yeboa play... you a seventeen year old kid, Dave, and I don't think it's fair.
0: No, but he's a, he's the he's the number he's the sixth choice striker when you look at any three from six. And we could play with two up front. But
3: Well, if you listen to what I said to start with, we need somebody that's different from what we've got. Of course, taking that on board. Yeah, I agree. So what about
0: them putting in a cheeky, us having for a six-month loan for Kiefer Moore at Bournemouth then?
3: Well, possibly, yeah, you can do that. And don't forget, these guys are also really useful in both penalty areas, defending and attacking. So, But I think the issue with Kiefer Moore might be wages. Um, Although we, we should have a relationship with uh, with Bournemouth and I'd have no problem um with him coming down here. And then if, if you want to go longer, not the ball forward, and then you've got him flicking the ball on to the likes of Bell and Wells, it makes us more robust and more dangerous. A, a bigger Agreed. physical presence in midfield like Brannigan <laughs> um can also make a difference, but they've got to be mobile. So let let's see there'll be free agents out there that we can get hold of. I'm yeah. still saying Two midfielders, a keeper. We mm. definitely need a centre back, and and I still think we need a nine. And I think well,
0: that's that's a big shopping list there, Mark. Well, we've, I think if we got, got the half thunders. the number, I think if we got half the number on there, we'd be doing well. I mean, Mark, is there anybody? Ian just said about <clears throat> out of contract players and what have you. And Ian and I were talking earlier about huh, is there still a door open for Calas? And he said, but he's not fit. And if you're an out-of-contract player, right, you've not done a preseason, So they're not going to – I'm just trying to think of names of people that might fit the bill, you know, that could come and offer, offer us something different and be better than what we've got.
4: Yeah, I've, I've, I mean, we had a few out-of-contract players, haven't we, that played for uh, – um... Played play for brief periods. I think five or six years ago. Remember the Spanish guy Rodri that played for about yeah. three matches and then just completely disappeared. And we had a few like that. We had a few defenders, didn't we? Uh, that uh, that that came came and came and went um, very quickly. I think. I, I mean, what I'd like to see is if we were going to go into low market. I don't know would big because I don't know who's available is to get a Premier League forward. Somebody who's hungry. Uh, you know, he, he, was, he was chomping at the bit. He wants to, make, you know, want to make a difference. Like a tam- like a Tammy Abraham, needs needs experience at this level, and will give everything. And they know he's going to go to a club that plays football and we'll give him we'll give him opportunities. I mean, I don't think this, you know, guarant- there's no guaranteed starters. We couldn't do do that. They wouldn't be going to that Ryan Kent thing again like we did with uh, with Liverpool. But I think we could give a, a loaning mm. club, a player a great opportunity. And like I said, you only got to look at Abraham, he scored twenty three league goals in his in his breakthrough season and three cup goals. We launched that player's career. He the is what is. he is because because of us. Yeah. So uh, I think that's that's our best that's our best option because I don't know who else is available of any any quality really. Yeah. But we've got to have somebody who can not just a big a target man, but uh, but somebody who's strong enough to play with his back to goal, who can hold up play and bring other players into play.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's what none of the players that we've got. No, at the moment, injuries no. or no injuries. No disrespect to Tommy, but Tommy's not. Tommy's is good. Yeah, but he's not that player that both of you have just been describing. All right, just to, just to wrap up today, uh, you've all listened. Well, you all, Mark and Ian, and I guess some of the people listening heard the interview that Steve. It's only about ninety seconds long. Steve did an interview with the Guernsey Post. I think it was not specifically about Bristol City, but they were asking him about Scott. Uh, And it's interesting this week that there's nothing from the chief exec or Nigel about Scott. It's all been Steve. And his key comment on Scott is they met our asking price. And that number is 25 million. Right. But also in there, um, Steve was alluding to the Luton model. Uh, We have better players than them. He was alluding to consistency and luck. He talked about having uh, you know, a great stadium and a great training ground and good players. Noticeable again was his lack of praise for Nigel in any shape or form. Um, I- Ian, um, you know, Nigel is probably a bit like Steve Cottrell in the sense that he says things that Steve doesn't want to hear sometimes, yeah?
3: Oh, absolutely. And um, Steve... You know, he he. One thing that uh, Steve, uh, that Lee Johnson and Mark Ashton were really good at, was what I call upward management. Some people call it managing your boss, and he he does like people there that blow smoke. Um, Nigel Pearson isn't that guy, Um, and if he wants to say something, I don't think he. I I don't think he'd be backward in coming forward. Um, so. I think, to to be honest, what's going to keep Nigel there, employed, or anything else, um, is his record. It's as yeah. simple as that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's not going to be a guy that that sits back and just agrees with everything. He's not going to do it. And if he didn't think the deal was right, um, he he seemed niggled the other night that he'd been given very late notice of it. And a player he wanted to keep was going. And, uh, you know, it seems as though he didn't know too much about it. He'd just been told it was happening. And that de- I don't think that sat well with him. So, no, I mean, he's done it. I think he's done an interview after the game tonight. And, um Hopefully, everything's back to normal and and we just carry on from here. But it, it's going to be, you know, it, it's this is the year where he's got to produce progress. Now, I'm not saying he's got to get in the playoffs and he's got to get us up, but he's got to get us a lot higher up the table and have a better season than we've had where we won 15 games. He has to win, my guess 20. would be f- f- well, five or six more games. Yeah. 20. 21. That's sixty-three points, and if he
0: gets ten draws, we're in the playoffs. Based on the law of averages,
3: yeah, yeah, I would, I would say so. Based on what people um, have, uh, what what people have, have have done, um, so yeah, I mean, let's 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 be to- totally honest about it. Um, it's his third season. He's he's had a long time. With not a particularly great record, he'd say that himself, I okay. hope. There have been reasons, excuses, depending on, on what side of the fence you sit. Um, but now a lot of those are gone. Now, particularly if he signs more players, because he's already signed 19, five yeah. of those have gone. So of the uh, and if he's then buys another, let's say he brings in another three, yeah, he's then up to Couple of teams, yeah, and I think at that point Steve Lansdowne's more than entitled to say, "Well, look, you you have had some money. It's not like you aren't being assigned anybody. You've signed these players. All right, you've had to get rid of a lot of the higher earners. Uh, a lot of the players down there have taken reduced packages. Callas Calas wouldn't mm. clearly because he's he's still there and hoping against hope. I think that the club might increase it, but I don't think they will." so it's up to um it's up to nigel to produce yeah and if he if he produces he'll be absolutely fine
0: but well, i think if we're in a, i think if we're in the top if we're in the playoffs come the turn of the year i think we should put a new contract on the table even if that's only another year extension what do you say about that mark you know there's there's there seems to be a prickly relationship between the chairman and the manager the owner and the manager the chief executive the new chief exec seems conspicuous by his total silence on just about everything over the past couple of months but what 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 do you think um you know we should read into any of the comments off that of that interview
4: well i think Steve Lansdowne's comments are saying basically we got a very he's saying that we got a very talented squad and we should have we should have enough talent there to be competitive and and make a challenge at at the top end of the season at a top end of the table he's Obviously, Steve Lansdowne's the owner. He's more or less saying, oh, "Let's we'll, with the Luton thing. If we keep rolling the dice, we'll get it right. If we recruit the right players, we'll get it right." So I'm here for the long. I'm here for the long game. Obviously, Nigel Pearson can't be. He's a man under pressure. In his fourth season, he's he, he's judged going to be judged by results, and an, an expectant uh, fan base who want to see us challenging for. The playoffs because we got a not a big club mentality but a big city mentality because the uh, the size of the city isn't backed up by by results is it because uh no. you know if you look, look in our history so Pearson's a man under pressure he wants some of that money although he's knows, he knows he knows in his art of arts because he's he's a realist he doesn't suffer falls gladly and in, probably in his relationship with uh, with um, with Lansdowne although he's diplomatic up to a point. But he he, he, he said, I need some money to make an impact. It seems that Lansdowne saying is, well, you know, let's, let's see. Like you say to a kid, you know, a kid says, mum, can I have some sweets? Well, and he said, well, let's, your mum says, well, let's see what happens, shall we? Yeah. He leaves it like that. So yeah. you just, he just, you just don't know, do you? But Lansdowne obviously thinks, well, you know, he's got, you know, the, the players who got there, we, we got, we got great, we got, and he always talks about this, what great facilities we got, we got a lovely stadium. It makes no, because a, a, Luton lot of difference. Luton, Luton and Bournemouth, within yeah. the last, the Luton, 12, Bournemouth twelve years ago were. Bomber League Two and Lut- Luton have been out of the bloody league and back in. The well, time I don't season. think I don't I don't mean comparing Luton and Bournemouth is, is you know is, is is comparing apples to apples because I think Bournemouth had a much bigger backer, although they only had a small stadium. Yeah. They broke FFP rules yeah, to get into the Premier but League. They broke FFP let's rules. That, let's put it that way.
0: I, I put that on Twitter the other day. They got fined four point seven five million, yeah. right, which yeah. is the cost of a player
4: yeah they the took, they they, took, they they took they took the a a chance gamble, but teams right? won't I, do I, that i watched now. the
0: first episode of the newcastle united uh, thing last night on prime yeah and those guys that came in and took newcastle to, to put aside for one moment if you can that they're from a less than desirable uh, regime in the country they come yeah so you mean but
4: the saudi
0: they're, arabians they're, <laughs> yeah they've they've got a plan. I mean, Ipswich have got the Arizona pension fund, you know, uh, Newcastle have got the state of Saudi Arabia, yeah. Um, but, you know, Lansdowne, he says he's going to sell. I mean, do you think, uh, just to finish with you, Ian, on this, do you think Steve will still be owner this time next year?
3: I do, because I don't think anybody's going to, um, I don't think anybody's going to buy the club until we're in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, not for anything like he'd want. I mean, we've got an awful lot of assets that a lot of clubs haven't. Um, and when he says he's looking, he's been looking for investment now for 18 months, two years. Yeah. And that investment isn't forthcoming because as have we've said many a time on the podcast, if you turned up and said to him, Look, Steve, I want to put 30 million in, what do I get? What what surety have I got against my yeah. 30 million? Yeah. Uh, can I have, you know, a first charge over uh, the high performance centre, for example? I'm sure he wouldn't say yes.
0: Yeah.
3: So it, it's very, people who are investing money either want complete control, which you wouldn't get, or they want security against the amount of money. Especially, well, and, that's,
0: and that's the thing. I mean, it was interesting. They paid Mike Ashley 300 million for Newcastle United. Mm hmm. Right. Now, I don't know if Newcastle own the ground. I guess they do. But they paid 300 million quid. Right. Well, bearing in mind how big Newcastle are relative to us. Right. Somebody should be able to come and buy Lansdowne out for the amount of debt that he's got in the club. But, but it's Newcastle's the structure of the in club, the Premier League. I think, that puts in people the off. The sorry, sorry.
4: What's that, Mark? I think it's the structure of the club that would put, you know, willing investors off because it's Bristol sport. And it's very much Steve is saying, I've got a vision. I I have a dream. And it's Bristol Sport, you know, with with the uh, with the basketball, the women's football team, the rugby team. It's like a cat's cradle of different companies. The 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 ground is owned by different uh, by the stadium company, is separate from the football company, is separate from the rugby company. So nobody's going to want to buy a chunk of that. They they're going to want to. It's it's going to be have to be all or nothing, and I think that would put people off. Like you said, what you going to get for that?
3: No, that's that's just not true. What you've said about these different parts of it, that's true. But Steve Lansdowne has said that if they just wanted to buy Bristol City, they can. Right. So you can disentangle. Look, companies do this all the time. They'll have a a holding company, Bristol Sport, and they'll have 10 subsidiaries. If you want to buy one of them, that's all you buy, if they want to sell it to you. And a lot of companies are doing this now where – when they need cash, they'll say, right, we've got that business there, that business there. And they're not, they call it not our core business. So they might be a company like, I don't know, Sainsbury's and their core business is is grocery. And they might have a transport company they own or an IT yeah. company and they'll sell it and get the cash to reinvest in their own business. And well, we and that's you... effectively
0: what that's effectively what Lansdowne could do. You could say, right, I, I, the deal, f- the deal to acquire Bristol City, because Bristol City is a jewel in the crown, whichever way you look at it. The deal to acquire Bristol City, right? This, this is very simplistically how I see it. The deal to acquire Bristol City is a hundred million quid, and for that you'll get a twenty-five, you'll get a fifty-year lease on the ground at so much rental. And that rental will be determined by the league that you're in. And you come in, you're giving 100 million quid. That gets rid of the 100 million debt that might be floating around somewhere else in the group, to use your analogy there, Steve. And somebody comes in and they can do a Bournemouth and take a gamble and go for broke
4: trying to get up to the Premier League and say bollocks to fair play. But But is somebody going to want to come in and, and just want to be a tenant? I mean, I mean, it's it's a little different, isn't it, in 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 the UK? Uh, you know, if you go to Europe, lots of teams, especially in Italy's uh, grounds, are actually owned by the local authority. Yeah. Well, they David, do. They David do. Beckham,
0: Mark, does David yeah. Beckham own the ground at Miami,
4: for instance? I know that's no, but it's. I mean, it's it's also an asset, isn't it? Um, a, a, a stadium is an asset. You sweat the asset in in terms of holding concerts and lots of you know you have corporate corporate uh facilities there where you maximize the profit because you're not just using it once a week or, or once every two weeks i mean if you look at lots of uh, athletic stadiums that have been built for olympics and even some of the world cup stadiums no, just in went that, into mark, just talking... went into clover didn't <laughs> sorry mark
0: you talk about using the facilities you could, yes you could you could hire you could say the ground is yours, and if you're in the Premier League, it's £5 million a season, and it's yours. Yeah, you know, they're, still, not... they're still renting
4: it, aren't they? They're still effectively the yeah, it. Yeah, but
0: they're able to put concerts on and every. I mean, look, we're, we're talking about stuff that we yeah, know. Yeah, it's, it's, like said, about it's, this it's, all it's hypothetical stuff. Look, the key yeah. thing is, we're in a lot better, we're in a much happier frame of mind than we were this time last week. We're in the second round of the Carabao Cup. Carabao Cup. Against QPR, or Norwich. Or and, Norwich. You know, it's a home game. <laughs> I wouldn't want to play either of those away. QPR. QPR win today, I think they did. Yeah, they but did. It's a home Maybe game. Cardiff, didn't they? Yeah, it's a home game. Yeah. we got a fantastic game to look forward to next season against Birmingham. They won with a last-minute penalty, I think it was today, from Djukovic. They've sold, Leans, out the away, they've sold out the away end. I know they've asked us some more tickets there as well. It's going to be another 23,000, 24,000 crowd at Ashton Gate. Everything to uh, look forward to But um, look, thanks for uh, everybody That's uh, the, the few of you That are listening live And I um, hope you all enjoy this episode When you listen on the podcast uh, This week Ian thank you Mark thank you Everybody Thank and, uh, you Have a great My evening
2: a whistle, What if I've been unlucky Really I ain't got a thing There's a time I always feel happy As happy as a king, when the red, red robin comes bob, 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 and along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours. And I, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again Singing a song When the Red Red robin's comes bob bob, bob and along When the Red Red Robin comes bob-bob-bobbing along Along There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if i blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again. Singing a song it's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now in the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery and times supply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.